Hey, alright! And welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a conversation about music. And our conversation this week is with Pierce Jordan of Soul Glow. That's right. The front person of one of the best punk bands in the world, in the universe, is on the show this week. Soul Glow released Songs to Eat at the Sun, a brand new EP out on Secret Voice. Record dropped last Friday. I do believe it is their best. And Pierce agrees, but more on that to come. All right. Thank you for joining us this week. Thank you to Namdi for our intro music, Marcus Nuccio for our graphics each week. You can see all of those on our website, betteryetpod.com. I invite all of you all to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, a five-star rating, I might suggest. Feeling a little lighter this week, you could say. The Four Seasons, truly a moment to feel American. We're feeling the beginning of the season change out here in Valparaiso as had a mouse or two find their way into the house to get out of the cold. You should have seen me outside the other day plugging holes in our siding. I totally know what I'm doing with this house. This podcast has a Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. The revenue from our Patreon is split equally each month between the show, our guests, and organizations chosen by our guests. If you pledge to our Patreon, this week you'll be supporting Better Yet, and you'll be supporting Pierce, where podcasts that pays our guests for their time. You can pledge $3 a month like you're leaving us a tip, or you can pledge $10 a month, which will gain you access to exclusive content from me and from our guests this week we received a lovely gift a mix from our good friend tony molina all of his favorite shit lots of 60s folk rock on there any fans of tony's more mellow tracks will instantly recognize all the shit he steals from those fools we've also got a wonderful conversation that i shared with kevin duquette who runs top shelf records we talked about the new Top Shelf website, topshelfrecords.com, and our shared affection for MP3 blogs and AIM file share. Also this week, if you pledge to Patreon, you can listen to me and Pierce talk about the Terminator franchise, which was so much fun. You can hear all that only by pledging to our Patreon. You can do that, and you'll be supporting the show You'll be supporting Pierce, and this week we're sending money to Beyond the Bars. Beyond the Bars is a Philly-based organization that Pierce volunteers for, providing music lessons for underprivileged kids in Philadelphia, victimized by violence, happy to be sending them some money this week, and happy to be sharing this super fun interview with Pierce Jordan of Soul Glow. Soul Glow is a punk band from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania that started in 2014, they have been consistently releasing driving, intense, heavy, punk, slash, hardcore records. And just last week, they released a new EP called Songs to Eat at the Sun, 
on our friend Jeremy Balm's label, Secret Voice. I first heard Soul Glow back in 2016 after they released their second untitled EP, but I really, really did a deep dive around the time quarantine started and just took all of it in. This is a band that I really leaned on this year during heavy times, and few bands could provide a better console for that frustration and anxiety. Soul Glow can play some blistering shit, but they've got a very wide dynamic range, thanks in part to Ruben's guitar playing. And Pierce is an absurdly good hardcore singer with something to say. I was so pumped to talk to him. We had some technical difficulties getting started up, and it ended up so that the video chat on his side wasn't working. So he could see me, and I was treated to some very fine still frames that he posed for throughout the interview. This is a fun one. We have a good time throughout. There's a lot to take from it. Subscribe to this podcast. Tell a friend. Here's me and Pierce Jordan. The one that I got right now is, um, you know, it's it's a very sensual yeah, pose like, that you have. Yeah, it's like I'm laying in front of like the <laughs> fire or something, like in the middle of uh-huh. in the middle of like, get, like saying like "come hither." You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got the one. You got the left hand up. Right. Just, um, you know, just like, oh, what's he thinking about? Yeah. I'd like to know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, this <laughs> this is this is good for the listeners. I think because it it helps yeah. them to uh, imagine a little bit more what 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 what's what we're seeing, what you and I are seeing. Totally, I got a I got a good. Uh, I'm gonna take a screen grab just of the uh, of the shot here. Just we can share it over on our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Better Yet Podcast. Um, really, the only way to see Pierce. Of soul glow in what could be the greatest pose of all time uh, is over on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash better yet podcast. I, I'm getting pretty good at this shilling for our Patreon, Pierce. I don't yeah, know if you've I've, noticed. I've noticed. I have noticed it. You go right into this like this like podcast person voice. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like very easily. <laughs> It's like your it's like it like lowers a little bit in pitch, and you're like, mm-hmm. all right, now it's like it's very clearly switching the mood. I just did a list. My friend Shazad uh, texted me, and he's like, um, "I just made a list of my top 100 albums of all time, and you should too." And I was like, "That sounds like a pain in the ass," but also. <laughs> the perfect thing to do when I don't feel like thinking about a fucking election. Right. And I had Prince 1999 on my list. And he's like, you know, I still haven't really cracked it open with Prince. And I'm like, dude, that's exactly where to start. 1999 and move forward and backwards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So like what's funny for me is that I I feel like you know I came into I came into my understanding of Prince pretty much near like the t- like well not not it was in the tail end of his career like 
I saw, mm-hmm. I saw him in Washington, D.C. in 2003. I was in fifth grade, I think. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> my parents, yeah, my parents, my dad specifically, my, my whole family went, but it was like, my dad was like, I'm taking you to your first concert finally because he had taken my older sister already. And mm-hmm. um, I was really upset about that because I, I, he he had told me that I was too young to go, and I just simply disagreed. I li- I liked I, I liked I liked Fleetwood Mac. I liked Fleetwood Mac then, and mm-hmm. I was you know I don't really believe that just because I was in third grade I didn't have the right to go see them, and you know as a result now I've still never seen them, and you know I blame my father for that. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, we got, like right now we're in this like amazing moment of all this new generation of people, you know, learning about them from that gentle soul writing that that longboard that longboard and the song uh-huh. and like you know, um, fucking the the track is on the charts again and everything and it's like mm-hmm. it would have been nice, man. It would have been fucking nice if uh, if I could have gotten to experience that. You know what I'm saying? I have dreams. I like I like that song. You know what I mean? <laughs> But anyway, that, yeah, Prince was my first concert. It could have been Fleetwood Mac, but it was Prince, which is fine because, you know, I I still I probably still could see Fleetwood Mac now, but I can't see Prince now. Yeah, I mean that is true. Yeah, it sounds like you have a great relationship with your father. Yeah, both um. my parents. I'm like I'm like one of those very lucky. Uh, I'm like very lucky in, in terms of like being like. Uh, like a like a punk musician and uh, like a black person, like I have like a great relationship with my parents. Like uh-huh. they've like always um, really accepted me and my sisters for the freaks that we are, and uh, you know within reason they've they've encouraged they've encouraged us to mm-hmm. uh, to follow our paths and stuff like that. And it's yeah, like I really I really fucks with them. They're good people. Shout out to my parents. That's good. You you were able to get past uh the the issue, the uh the hurt of not being able to go see Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, like I let it go. I let it yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it. Really? <laughs> yeah, it does sound, as much as a Scorpio could ever let anything go. That's that's, <laughs> that's I have I have I have let it go. I love that you're November 20th cuz us, I feel like us, uh, those late teens and and uh, early to mid twenty Novembers, we're we've got it, we've got it. I I don't I don't know about you if you know if you have any like celebrities who you share birthday with, but I found out two celebrities I share my birthday with, and it just made me want to crawl into a hole and die. Oh, I have, no. I have the same birthday as Future and Joe Biden. <laughs> So I mean, I could be good with future. So I mean, I was. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna say I like future's music, but you know, <laughs> like I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, right. I watched how he treated Sierra that whole time, and I'm like, nah, man, <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we don't do that mm-hmm. over here. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, he, he, in general, like, I just, I think about how. Again, like I was, we were talking before I get before we started this shit about how Scorpios get a bad rap, and I'm like, oh, I'm like here trying to trying to put on for my people and be like you know it's not it's not as bad as you think and then it's like oh well who who are some famous people you share a birthday with and it's like two terrible men so it's like <laughs> <laughs> my big i don't have um 
I don't have a good grasp on who I share a birthday with. All I know is that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was shot on oh, my shit. birthday. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Kennedy was the 22nd. So we got a nice uh, we got a nice continuum. We got you on the 20th and then the assassination on the 22nd. And yeah. Then, uh, my birthday on the 24th. And that's the thing is like Lee Harvey Oswald is it's like he's famous for something that we can't even really for sure prove that he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's like some bullshit. Like if if, <laughs> if if that man got framed, I'd be mad as hell if I was him. I'm famous for being framed. Like fuck that. What a terror. Like you with your one life, that's what happens, man. I'd be mad as hell. <laughs> like for real he didn't have too much time to be mad about that's, it that's facts also <laughs> he's mad about it in a different uh on a different plane yeah i guess real. yeah and yeah i'd like to i hope that i hope that lee harvey oswald's soul is at peace <laughs> <laughs> i hope that wherever he is he's been able he's been able to his his spirit has been able to find some some solace some rest yeah but then oh. again, if he did it, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's mm. weird. I don't really have any emotional stake in, in in the killing of John F. Kennedy. So it's like, if, if dude killed him, I'm just like, well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, Crazy. I mean, sometimes, like, you know what I mean? Just like people get killed. You know what I mean? Like, especially, mm-hmm. especially you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm a, all right. Let, let, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting really close to saying something that I shouldn't say. <laughs> it's going to be recorded. <laughs> Uh, okay, songs to yeet at the sun, the yeah. new Soul Glow EP out. Well, it's going to be out now by the time that this airs on Secret Voice. Uh, my dude, um, I think this is my favorite thing that y'all have done so far. Awesome. I feel the same way, too. I, uh, well, yeah, I'm sorry. Keep going. What were you going to say? You first. No, 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 no. no. You, you, we're we're going to, we're going to fumble I, i'm sure a couple times here and there on okay. the fact that we can't see each other but right. if there is ever uh if there's ever a pause like that it is always your turn yeah what's funny i was thinking about this how i'm like i'm frozen on this thing so it's like it's like i can mm-hmm. see you so it's like i'm like the only person having a, the full experience of this conversation oh you can see me i can see you yeah oh great. oh did you not know that this whole time Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. No, it's, it's right, like right. I feel like I'm talking to you, like, and it's like, <laughs> and, it's like ah. and it's like, it's awesome, but it's like, yeah, you can. And it's like you're you're talking to like a, a talking picture of me, and mm-hmm. then and then everybody who's listening to this is just listening to us talk. So it's like I feel it's like there's like a really weird power dynamic that's happening here, and I'm like that's why I'm trying to continuously like change my my picture so that you can feel like I'm still like right in here, you know, here, uh-huh. here with you. You know what I'm saying? I like, appreciate that. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> oh, okay. So I said, um, "Oh, you're you're the best. I like you, Pierce. I do like you." Um, I said, "This is the best thing you've ever done." You said, "I agree," and go ahead, continue. Please. Oh yeah. Well, I'm just gonna say like, I'm really excited about it because like we recorded this whole thing ourselves, and Gigi like specifically like did 
a lot of did like the majority of the you know the mic placement and all the tracking and stuff like that and it's mm-hmm. crazy because men's has just been getting his knowledge together like over the course of a year and so wow. it's really it's yeah it's just like i'm excited because it's like yo, know, like i mean like we we had um we had a lot of help from the two engineers who own the studio big mom big mama's uh recording that we recorded mm-hmm. in um, which is part of a warehouse that uh, that was like a punk warehouse that is now defunct. Um, but mm. the two the two engineers were named uh, Chris Baglivo and Evan Bernard, and they helped they helped us a, a, a lot as well. And, like let us oh, use like okay. all of their gear. But it was like you know, at the end of the day, it was like you know pretty much this is like the, this is like the most like from our hands record that we have done yet. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just like I'm just really proud of it for that for that reason specifically, just because of everything that Gigi's learned and what it, and how how good it sounds and like how like everything that he accomplished mm-hmm. with that shit. It's like it's 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 exciting. So Gigi, who's uh, that's someone's nickname? Oh that yeah, band. Gigi plays. Gigi's our bass player. Oh okay. Yeah yeah. Cool. yeah. So that is that is that Ethan? Oh no no, no. So, replace yeah, that, replace yeah, yeah. Ethan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um that's fucking awesome. Um Yeah, shout out to the Evan. homie Ethan. He's about to get married. Oh, that's <laughs> that's amazing. Way yeah. to go, Ethan. Yeah. Um <laughs> Ethan and Sinead, I love y'all. Uh <laughs> um Evan Bernard's a name that I know I'm I'm interviewing uh he plays in that band. No, no, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Uh huh. And I'm interviewing uh, is it Katie mm-hmm. next week, and I'm really looking forward to that. But Evan Evan Bernard, he's one. Of, I look at credits, and I've I've been looking at that name for years and years now from bands coming out of Philly. I don't know if he remembers this, but I met Evan Bernard in my senior year of high school. Uh-huh. Uh, he was playing with uh, Peter Helmus's like solo project, Peter the Piano Eater. Him and his brother Corey, God rest his soul, mm-hmm. they were um, they, they were they were part of uh, like his backing band basically. And my band played uh, my my high school band, which I'm not going to name here. Um, and no, 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 no. All right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> some things just some things are just best left in the past. And uh, <laughs> and the. Uh, and this other band that was really good called Montpellier, we played at the Charm City Art mm-hmm. Space to like maybe six people. But it was cool because mm. we had a nice little chat on the sidewalk right before we, we we said our goodbyes. But yeah, it was it was it was nice. But yeah, that's he's a, awesome. He's a deeply helpful person. Give you the shirt off of his back. Yeah, it's great. Love that guy. Did you? Um, so you said you saw Prince in DC in two thousand and three. Were you yeah. were you still in DC playing? Uh, at so, that show, or or had you moved to <coughs> Philly by that point? So I'm, I've I moved to Philly in 2010. I've I okay. was when I when we I was living in Maryland. I grew up in Maryland. Um, mm-hmm. What part? Uh, I'm from Calvert County. Okay, uh, which is like nowhere basically. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> if you know, you know, like Good Charlotte is from Waldorf. Uh, okay, <laughs> like there, that's basically like the like the county that's directly. Uh, west of mine, mm-hmm. I got some. I had some cousins who uh, who who were living there. I went to high school with them at the time. That's pretty mm-hmm. much the only interesting thing that I have to say about Maryland. It's very it's very rural and very yeah. uh, 
Like, I mean, Baltimore is so ethnically diverse, you know what I'm saying? And D.C., which is not, you know, Maryland, it's not even anything, it's just D.C., is mm-hmm. like, they're, they're like, you know, both about an hour away from each other, or from, from Calvert County, but it's like, you, you know, you have to travel <laughs> to right. get there, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's like, yeah, where I'm from is very rural, very uh, Caucasian, and mm-hmm. uh, very, it's like really beautiful, like, like it's like in terms of scenery like right there on the chesapeake bay and everything yeah but uh you know kind of a tough place to grow up if you're um a social other <laughs> put it like yeah that. <laughs> for sure yeah what'd your folks do um both like at, when i when we moved to maryland my mother was in the air force and my father who my father's worked for the census bureau my entire life uh-huh um, and now my mother uh works for the schools and uh manages a tj maxx yeah. <laughs> actually, maybe. <laughs> actually, maybe we should. Maybe I shouldn't say that she manages to teach her. I don't want to really come up with my mom. <laughs> Are they still down there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calvert County is like, yeah, it's just it's cute. Like it's got like one, uh, one um, highway that just goes right through it, and uh-huh. then kind of right toward like the top of the county. It splits into two, and one goes. Um, one eventually will connect with 95, which you can take, you know, yeah. all and, so, and then the other one goes uh, right up into D.C. and everything. Like, you can take that highway straight up to Pennsylvania Avenue. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's where, that's where I'm from. It's, like, in terms of, like, local music, there, there was, like, there was, like, it was, like, a small scene, like, in terms of, uh, it was, a, it was like it was like <laughs> it was the kind of scene where it's just like kids who don't have anything to do it wasn't really uh-huh. like people with serious aspirations for playing music I don't think mm-hmm. like even like the bands that were that people like really really liked in my in like my town and stuff they did they still like didn't really go on tour or anything like that and I just mm-hmm. like once I realized like this is the older I got like I, the more I realized that, that was possible, that was like it's just like that was what I that was what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Philly was the oh, place. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I had this thing. I mean, I was trying to go. To, I was trying to go to music school for a second, and I was like mm-hmm. really trying to go to Berkeley in Boston, and I had like my whole shit set up around that shit, um, but. I don't know. I just like I I I got rejected, and I was just like, okay, well, where can I go? Where because I needed to move the fuck out of my parents' house. Like that was the main thing, and they were like, you need yeah. to go to college. And I was like, I, I guess. So I was like, so, and I didn't really, I didn't really care where I went. I was just mm-hmm. like, I just wanted to go somewhere where I could play music, and I wanted to go somewhere where I where I knew at least one person because at the time I was like very very afraid of moving somewhere where I didn't know anybody mm-hmm. like, I, I, it was yeah so uh yeah I moved I moved here in uh in 2011 and uh yeah I don't know I just like just started going to school here and then just got got into the mix just like with like yeah like there's like you know there's always been like a like a like a indie rock scene with like artists at temple university and stuff and i was i was mm-hmm. up in, i was up in that shit 
Yeah. Um, but then I got like, my yeah, rep in right. today. That's right. So what's Lehigh funny, Valley. So what's funny <laughs> is that the first time that they like debuted those shirts. Well, no, that's wrong. Actually, that's wrong. I'm showing I'm not... Pierce my very cool snowing shirt, which is still in great shape, uh, thanks to the fine folks at Square of Opposition Records. It's hey. actually one of my like best fitting shirts. Yeah, it's just loose enough. Um, good sleeve length. Shout out Chris Reject. Mm-hmm. That's the man. I uh, yeah, snowing. I played a show with them. Um, when I with with said high school band, we played we played in DC at the spot Hole in the Sky, mm-hmm. and it was like honestly one of the coolest fucking shows. Even to like right to my life like right now is like one of the like one of my favorite things that I ever did because it was like it was my my stupid band and then Palm Kite from New York. I don't know if you know about them, but they I feel like I remember that name. Yeah, um, uh, the the bass player slash singer of that band. He and I really vibe on Star Trek. We haven't spoken in a minute, but every time we every time we, we see each other, like it's it's always it's always nice. Um, sorry, but yeah, it was them and then Snowing in nineteen ninety four were on tour together. And nineteen ninety four yeah. is like my personal favorite band of like of like that like that like squad of mm-hmm. like of like Philly musicians like that were yeah. like, that were doing that it's like Algernon and Snowing and High Tide Hotel and ninety four and da 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 Morrow. like ninety four to me was like it's like that was like the best one I, they're like my favorites like very very deeply underrated band in my opinion very um, underrated yeah I taught myself how to play drums because of Mike Coon like I started, wow but yeah I really it's so funny because like we're friends now but I used to look up to him so much when I was like in like ninth and tenth grade and I was like yeah. I had like um, basically like snuck a drum set into my room because uh, <laughs> my parents were like, "You are not going to have a drum set," and I'm like, "Okay, word." And then, <laughs> and then my, and then uh, a friend of mine was getting rid of was getting rid of his because he had just gotten a new one. And I was like, "Yo, let me grip that," and so I did. And I was like, and I was like keeping it in my closet like a fucking dog, and like and just only playing it, and just only playing it. Like, there was, like I had this like window of time when my parents mm-hmm. would get home, um, where I would where I would play them shits, and I was like teaching myself how to play drums to nineteen ninety four songs and to Killer songs and to Doctor Dog songs. Hey, we had a bit of a technical issue pop up right here. Figured it out, and we're back. I, I had been I've been like surrounded by music from Philly like my whole life and I didn't really realize it mm-hmm. until I had moved here and real and like started learning how many people that I was like fucking with were from here right like known it already and started to understand like the importance of like I don't know that this like this like weird like cosmic link I seem to have to the city with like being raised on like mm-hmm. Stanley Clark's music and like my oh shit my, yeah yeah like my cousin uh living in living with my parents for a time and like and like learning about like boys to men like a lot of shit through that mm-hmm. um lo- like my mom one of my mom's favorite artists being Jill Scott like and then like yeah. me myself getting into like Philly emo like when I was in like early high school and shit and then starting to like starting to go see some like those bands whenever they would come to Maryland because it's just a hop skip and a jump away and like that mm-hmm. was when I was finally old enough to like borrow my dad's car and shit it's just like a weird it's just weird how it shook out because you know I, I didn't really have this plan to move to Philly until like mm-hmm. right when it came down to it like I, I didn't make the decision to move to Philly like, I was gonna move to Philly until I think like May of 2011 
Wow. And then I moved there in like August. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you were ta- when you were um when you were first starting to play, <laughs> were you <laughs> were you playing um were you playing some of them before you started playing drums? Yeah, like I wanted to play drums first, but uh yeah, like my parents were uh they wanted to I think they wanted to be supportive of me like making art, you know, but they mm-hmm. also were like if that boy gets a drum set, <laughs> like they were, I think they were worried about me liking it too much, and I, and yeah. I think they have reasons to 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 think that. Like they got me like this little like toy drum pad for Christmas one year. Mm-hmm. It, it was like made of plastic. I beat the hell out of that thing. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that thing lasted all of like four months. Before mm-hmm. it was just a heap of broken plastic from me, like, like playing it like I was like like it was real drums, because like mm-hmm. I was going over to my friends' houses who had drums. Cause I was, I'd already been in bands at that point. Like, I was like, like by the time that they were like really trying to entertain me playing drums, I had already started playing bass, and they were like much more respect or much more uh, uh, open to that because it's mm-hmm. like you know a volume controlled instrument. Yeah. So I was like, I, I I had like three months of of like self self learning, self self guided learning, um, on bass before I started doing lessons, and then that was it was probably like a few years of that. Uh, it was from yeah, it was like th- three years of that, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe four before I started playing drums. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, I was a bass player first, and I. I'm like a bass player in my heart. <laughs> were you um were you always playing in like heavy music or like punk adjacent? <laughs> yeah, my first band ever, which I will t- I will say the name of because it is not traceable online, uh, was called Victims of Society. We were in eighth grade. Actually, we started good. We started when actually when I was in sixth grade. Um, uh-huh. It was like yeah, I was, that was I was in that band from like like the like late sixth grade to eighth grade. And uh, that was like during that time I was listening to like basically nothing but metal. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I was like when I got into middle school, I was just like like I had already been like fucking with like System of a Down and like a lot of like new metal shit that like my older yeah. sister was listening to and like getting me into. But it got to a point where I just like I had just jammed it so much that I needed more and I needed like heavier shit. And, like, I want to say around that time, I got, I bought my first copy of Revolver magazine mm-hmm. from the Safeway in our town. Yeah. And, uh, because System Moving Down was on the cover. Uh-huh. And I just, like, read that shit at, like, so much. And for some reason, I did not buy a single other ma- issue of that magazine for, like, months like I just yeah. like I just like read that shit over and over and over again, and like like read like every single part of it. Looked at every like ad in there, like I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I even now I just like don't know why I was like so entranced by that that specific copy of Revolver magazine that I still have, and like, but like I remember like looking up like so many of the bands that were mentioned in there. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. all these different genres and shit, and eventually like. You know, I just remember seeing seeing two names that were like 
<laughs> that 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 just were like I should I should I should look, I should look this up, and one of them was Megadeth, and I was uh-huh. and I was just like any band called that has to be fire, uh, <laughs> and the other was Meshuggah, and so oh hell yeah I just and I like looked them up on the internet and listened to them and I was like holy shit, and um, <laughs> and it was like um I found that like, their CDs were in the Walmart in our town and I just remember seeing them I'm like oh I remember these like these like these bands from from uh from uh from Revolver and that was when I and like I got it and I got both those I got Megadeth's greatest hits and Meshuggah's Catch 33 which is like everybody's mm-hmm. least favorite album from them <laughs> but I love that album yeah uh, <laughs> it's amazing dude My- it's, it's the first one it's the first one that's the one that fucking makes the impression and you're hearing this shit for the first time? Exactly. Ever? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I was like, that shit, like, because it's like, a, it's like that album, that album is like ridiculous, I understand, but it's like, yo, it's like one song. It's one song, bro. Like, mm-hmm. that shit is fire. Like, it flows so well, and they reuse the themes, the lyrics are great. I don't care what anybody says. Meshuggah's lyrics are like if you if you all know that Meshuggah's out here spitting, like y'all y'all need to y'all need to read like because like yeah. Dude, the first Metallica record that I ever heard was Injustice for All, mm. and I wouldn't say that that's my favorite Metallica record, um, but I certainly rank it higher than most people would. And it's like I don't I don't care. This is like this shit did something to me when I was ten. What's like, your, what's your favorite Metallica album? Just curious. I mean, Kill 'Em All. Okay, yeah. But <laughs> actually, like Kill 'Em All is fire, but for me, it's actually Ride the Lightning. But <laughs> yeah, Ride the Lightning. Yeah, totally. But, but that totally. was also like Ride the Lightning was the first Metallica album I ever heard. Like my friend, yeah. my friend uh, Nick made a mix CD and. Uh, Put and like it was like Metallica on the first half and the band Arch Enemy on the second half, mm. and I had never heard Arch Enemy before and that shit fucked my life up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I got I became I was obsessed with that band. Yeah, dude. The um, the thing that I that I really like took from uh, songs to eat at the sun. I mean, it's something that you've obviously been doing like since the beginning of soul glow is the the fact that and maybe it's just obvious to me because you have um hip-hop tracks but i think at this point like the melding together of like your your flow and like your hardcore singing it's just so fucking strong and cohesive at this point that like this is my favorite vocal thing that you've done and i think that there's something uh something that is just like so effortless at this point in the way your hardcore singing is to me just one in the same with your with your rapping i'm just like i'm grateful you can't see my face right now uh <laughs> just like that's that's i i, I, I thank you for saying that cuz I've, I've, hmm. <laughs> I've been looking forward to saying that. So, yeah, I just like, I mean, I won't lie. I try very hard uh, with, with, with like all of the songs and shit. And like, mm-hmm. um, it's funny because I, I like stutter a lot as every, I feel like anybody listening to this can probably tell. And I don't feel like I talk the clearest, but 
Um, so it's like I'm trying to always to like to like I don't know like enunciate and just like mm-hmm. and like for some reason I just you know need to, not for some reason we all know why it was like I just have to say so much shit also and it's like yeah it's it's like I don't know it's <laughs> like while while I have all of my own personal theories about about music and things that are similar you know what I mean and like this whole uh-huh. like you know this whole thing is just or like this whole project and everything that I've ever done is just me trying to assert those theories uh, in, re- in real time. Like it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just nice to know, I guess that, that it's, that it's working on a level because it's like, I'd like to think that we're, 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 we're doing some shit that is a little bit, like a little bit new, even though it's like combining many old forms. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like you know. I'd like to think that we're that we're asserting ourselves in a way that is like very in line with like what music sounds like, but it's not. It's not being done in like an analog way. You know what I'm saying? That like like I feel like most of the time when you hear lots of genres being put together and yeah. stuff like that, it's 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 like all on like electronic music, which is like fine. I just always looked at it as like a yin and yang type thing like uh-huh. i always feel i always felt like like once electronic music started to like assert itself it was like you have it's like you know what i'm saying you just, it's just like why like i never i don't i never like why is rock music so behind why is well, guitar music so behind well it's that and it's just like i never understood why they need to be considered as like diametrically opposed to each other mm-hmm which and it's like, and even if we do look at it that way, it's not that they still fit together. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and that's the and that's the thing. It's like ultimately still music that's born of the same tradition of dissent in America. Like, <laughs> like that's like let's be real. Like that's really like what both both musics are 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 derived right. from. Yeah. And like, like for for many people who share like my life experience, it's like everything is centered around that like whether you like it or not and so it's like why i don't know it's just like why wouldn't why wouldn't our sound reflect that (laughs) right totally it's like i don't know i maybe i'm like uh romanticizing this this revolver that you didn't need any other copies because you had so much that's in there, but you look at I did get the beginning of, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you know, you look at, um, you look at, you look at hip hop. It's like, all right, um, cool. We're just going to take, uh, this beat and we're going to loop it for 10 seconds on this record that we have. And you look at, uh, punk rock and it's like, uh, fuck off we'll we're just gonna use these three chords uh that we know right and we're gonna make something out of that exactly making something out of nothing like what again like what tradition is that born out of it's not Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying it's not it's not it's not it's not no secret it's like like the whole shit like it's like it's just i mean it's funny to me that people you know especially in this time of the election like we like oh like people talk about all of these different forms of supremacy and mm-hmm. 
I've just been, th- I don't know, I've personally been thinking so much about, like, the way that the United States, sh- like, uh, drives world culture. Mm-hmm. And how, honestly, how bullshit that is. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> how also, but also how, like, how wild it is that the tradition, like, the, and, like, the specific, the specific history mm-hmm. that, like, my family my people my ancestors all come from is like the is like the culture that drives this country and the culture that drives the fucking world it's honestly insane like when i when i think about it but then Mm. it's also like i mean of course (laughs) of course like the most mistreated people (laughs) are going to be are going to be the ones who who paint who like who paint the culture because again it's like this shit is born of dissent and mm-hmm. so it's and it's and it's like I don't know it's like the closest you get to the source and we're not even at the fucking source that's the other thing like that yeah that's, you've been like, ripped from the source well that but also like there are people in, in terms of like the what I'm talking about is more like the this like the source of like that true descent like I feel like there are in terms of like people people who are part of no dominant social groups like mm-hmm. like I feel like those those are the people who are true who are truly like the source of all culture and all descent and mm-hmm. by, and like I, when I say descent i I'm saying like d i s s e n t yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh-huh. um yeah, so it's just like i i don't know i just also simultaneously feel like just like like fortunate to be doing mm-hmm. what we're doing when we're doing it because ultimately all I'm trying to do is continue to communicate like like my little theories about music and my lived experience or whatever mm-hmm. in, in in this shit and just just make the work that I've been trying to make this whole time and like make the work that I wanted to hear when I was growing up I feel, yeah. I feel like that's like a, what, what we're seeing a lot with like a lot of like young black artists who are coming out right now is like they're trying to see themselves when they weren't able to previously. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like even though it's like we're children of the '90s, which had like such a very strong Quincy Jones ass like black culture like on television and in media in general, it still didn't capture the full breadth of what life is like. It didn't capture the full breadth of our humanity. So it's yeah. like. I feel like what we're like what we're about to see for real for real like in the next decade is a lot is a broadening of that scope of like what being x type of person can really even look like and like a lot of a lot of reinventions well what oh, well I should say a lot of what will look like reinvention when it was actually just people showing their full selves and like yeah I don't know I'm very excited about that it's kind of the only thing that I'm that I'm living for like for real (laughs) yeah you put so much into the words that you write and um you know when when i like when i read it and i think about you know phrases like you know your triple consciousness and the layering of like what all goes in into your experience and then i think about like the i mean 
it's funny that this starts with something like emo where it's just like the the most like minute like emotional dissatisfactions are what the <laughs> what that genre is like built upon lyrically right mm-hmm. it's like we know i know so much about fucking john gom and that's great i'd like to know that much more about a lot of other people yeah i like john gom <laughs> a- i love john gom <laughs> john gom <laughs> I, i'm just gonna say this real quick john, john gom appreciation like <laughs> As for, as for somebody who has never asked <laughs> for all of the attention that he has gotten, <laughs> yeah, he handles it with a grace that I don't know I could I, I could, <laughs> and <laughs> like he he really yeah. does, and he's like he's got he's got a level of patience that I admire, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and also slow slow warm death. Those records were good, man. Oh, yeah, they were. <laughs> Those records were fucking good. <laughs> that one song, The Blood is... So, oh, oh, fuck oh. Yeah. Is that is that Kill You? Is that the one I where it's think, like, Hey, I'm here by your house, and I want to <laughs> kill you. Oh, my God, that's just, oh, my God, that's just fire. When you drunk at night and you like on the bike, like, it's like biking through the city at night, and you like, and you faded, Ooh, you, that, mm-hmm. shit, that, shit, that shit hits. so how did you meet ruben because um you know i feel like the the kinship in at least like what what you're expressing is so evident in his guitar playing (laughs) because he is just unbelievably adept at like just his riffs are fucking good he noodles he makes noise he's mm. such a fucking good like single guitar player in a hardcore band yeah and what's funny is that for a long time he's he wanted to have two guitar players in the band because he didn't think it was like like strong enough and i'm just like <laughs> i can't do that i was like i can't disagree more dude yeah. <laughs> like yeah, i just i just can't but yeah um Ah, uh, yeah. I, I, oh, God, where do I start? <laughs> Ruben and I met um, just from like shows and shit. Um, mm-hmm. I think we met my. Uh, yeah, it was probably the first year I was living in Philly. I think it was in the spring, maybe, of the first year I was living in Philly. And I was just like going to shows. And he was throwing a lot of shows, um, like in in North Philly, like right in like Temple Town, like where my school was at, just because there okay. were a lot of there were a lot of kids um, in like my freshman class who were trying to like offer up their houses and shit. Um, so and, is that like because I went to last time I was in Philly, I think twenty fifteen, went to show at Golden Tea House. Oh yeah, rest in peace. Which is yeah, it was the second to last show. It's Captain We're Sinking played, and uh, I think uh, Choke Up. Ah yeah, yeah yeah. It's a cool show. Yeah, I I've, I've seen I've seen many a thing, many a show in in Golden Tea. Like that, my favorite one was probably Panda Black. There, that shit was violent. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was dangerous as fuck. <laughs> Them, dude. That's... I just got I just got Dan's email, and I was thinking about 
hitting him up to do one of these, even he, though they haven't done anything. You should. It's just like he's, a, he's an I, amazing I, guy I to know. talk to. We have breakfast sometimes. <laughs> he's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> he's Whoa. like he's like he's like like one of my OGs, I guess. Like, like he's yeah, That's he's fucking awesome. Yeah, he's really cool. You, you should definitely you should definitely holler at him because he has a lot of stories that will put some hair on your chest. <laughs> like, yeah, Dan Dan is cool as fuck. Um, yeah. I fucking love everything he's done. Yeah. So. That's good that you brought him up because I need to. I, he hit me up about breakfast recently, actually. I need. I forgot to holler at him. So, yeah. Shout out to Dan Yemen. That's the, that's the man. Kid Dynamite painted black. Lifetime. All right. Christmas present. Black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, Christmas uh, present myself because I talked to Dan Yemen. I'm yeah. like, dumb podcast. That was the other thing. Yeah. When I met him for the first time, and I was just like, this is. <laughs> I was like, this is real life. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just like just because like hella people live in Philly, but also just like <laughs> I don't know, like I I, I try I, tr- I try very hard not to punish him about this shit, but I'm just like, dude, like uh, <laughs> like I definitely was like <laughs> listening to Kid Dynamite like a whole lot in high school. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is they're the fucking best band, like uh, Lifetime's Hello Bastards. And Jersey's Best Dancers mm-hmm. was given to me as one CD, oh and God. it is just a fucking item that I treasure. I remember seeing Lifetime when they got back together. He came out, put his set list down. He's wearing long pants. I was like, dude, what's this? I feel like I'm not getting the full experience. You're not wearing shorts. And he's like, yeah, I'm an adult now. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wear shorts. <laughs> I look, I look at myself. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you're really, you're 27, you know, you're an adult, you've, you've, you've been alive this amount of time, and, mm-hmm. you know, you live in Philadelphia now, and, and like, you know, people, people live here, and, but it's like, sometimes it's just so impossible to break out of, like, still feeling like who I was when I was 16, when I'm, yeah. like, around some of these people who are, like, people that i know now who i like admired so much i'm like i still mm-hmm. feel like such a like a little nerd around like, around all totally. like around like so many people but mm-hmm. but yeah i'm sorry getting back getting back to the 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 old or the, the original question yeah me and ruben met from like doing sh- him, him doing shows in north philly and shit and we just like you know we just became friends um like through that like over uh, just blow through shows and shit just over time uh-huh. and also just like enjoying hanging out together and shit and i don't know it just came to a time it just came to a point where he was where where i wasn't doing anything musically and i was honestly actually like really depressed during this time and i was considering just quitting music mm-hmm. in general and he hit me up and was like yo you want to sing in a band and i'm like man fuck it like <laughs> like it'll like yeah. i haven't done i haven't just just been a singer in a band in a minute it'll that'll be fun even though mm-hmm. still like i i i always pictured myself like being like a bass player or a drummer in a band that that got if that would get that would get any attention i never i never saw myself like 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 i like i liked to i liked to to sing and write lyrics and shit like in all the bands that i did but never as like the only person doing it Mm-hmm. This is the first time where I've been like the sole lyricist in a band, and it's like mad weird. Uh, <laughs> is it still weird? Um, I guess not anymore because I'm so like in the mode of being that now. But yeah. I still, but I definitely don't think of myself as like, I don't know, like the front man or some shit like that because it's like all of us 
in the band, like, I, I play bass and drums, and Ruben plays guitar and bass, Gigi plays guitar and bass and can play drums a little bit and knows the, the programming. TJ plays drums, can play bass, like, and mm-hmm. the ideas, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, like, the way shit is written is very, is very laissez-faire. It's just, like, whoever has what. Mm-hmm. And just coming and just coming in with that, you know what I'm saying? Just coming and just we just build around who, like whatever someone brings to the table. Sometimes like one of us will come with an entire song written, um, or sometimes it will just be like a single, like like one or two parts. Um, but yeah, so it's like I don't know. I don't like like for the longest I thought of myself as like a bass player more than anything else, mm-hmm. um, and I still feel like that at like my core. But at this point now, I guess I'm just like. I don't know, like an artist or something. (laughs) I don't know. I don't even... I don't know. (laughs) Like an artist or something. It's weird. It's it's hard, right? It's hard to, like, actually take that fully and and say it out loud. I don't know if you've ever seen the Horse the Band Earth Tour documentary. No. But that shit, like really helped shape a lot of a lot of like my my opinions of like myself with music Mm -hmm. and with uh with just like how artists should like view themselves and how they should function in society and shit and just like at one point the keyboard player said some shit that was like he was like honestly if you're an artist you should never tell anyone and you should you should just make your shit in secret and never tell anybody Mm -hmm. when you're doing it and i'm like Mm -hmm. like honestly yeah like i'm not like why would i be out here like wasting my time telling people i'm an artist and all this shit instead of just like living life in order to communicate my experience through it and not just being like oh well i have to live artistically and da 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 like like the mm-hmm. shit the shit writes itself pretty well like life has a way of, write, of writing it like writing yeah. it like and it's like for me i'm just trying to fucking keep my head above water like most of the time <laughs> like yeah, I, yeah. And, and just like and then talk about and then i just talk about what that experience has felt like i don't know i, I feel like every person does that in their own way and it's like mm-hmm. whether you do that with music or with painting or with being a cashier at Rite Aid or with being a fucking I don't know, anything besides like an investment banker. Like anything with soul. <laughs> you know, if you as long as yeah. you're like if you're putting yourself into something like intrinsically, you're 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 a fucking artist. Mm-hmm. And it's like and and again, like I I feel like I was saying this earlier, it's like or maybe I wasn't, maybe I was just saying this to a person earlier. I don't know. It's hard to sometimes like because <laughs> I feel like I'd be saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's just like no, like every everybody, everybody's shit is very specific to themselves to 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 them. Yeah. So it's like, why like and like why would I why would I feel like like my experience has like more or less value than anybody's? It's just it just is. So and it's like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is just like the medium that I choose to to communicate it, and I feel like that's what everybody who tries to communicate their lived experience does. It's just like they just they choose a medium and and, and do it. So it's like, like yeah, I'm a, I'm an artist, but like so is everybody everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I yeah yeah. I mean, what I see a lot, especially in in your writing what comes out of you 
pours out. That is that is so fucking lived in that there the 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 way that you talk about that shit is always in your head. Yeah, I have a lot and... of feelings. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> you, you don't have to sit down and and cultivate that. It it reads like I got this to say, which is great thing to go into as a vocalist for a hardcore band. Well, yeah, that there, yeah, like <laughs> I, <laughs> like I feel like you know I've ta- I had I've I've had I had had so many talks like with Ruben like before the band started where we were just like you know vibing and just talking about shit and just like like learning about each other and it was just like. I don't know, like, I when we when, like, so much of like my, my conversations with other people, make it into our songs, and mm-hmm. like are like or are like the topics of our songs or like things that I learn from like my conversations with other people, like become our songs. So I feel like it's, it just feels very like natural, I guess that it <laughs> that our our shit like is like this because it's like. Like it's like very intense because we're all very intense people, but also it's it's very intense because this is what it's like when we're talking to each other about these subjects or when we're talking yeah. to people we're close to about these subjects or when we're living through these subjects or when we're yeah. watching them happen to somebody that somebody else, any and all of the above mm-hmm. one thing that i I picked up on a lot in your lyrics and then I saw an interview that you did that really set this in for me, but it was, you know, in your lyrics, you talk a lot about wanting to be like invisible, just wanting to not be seen. And (laughs) it's, it's like, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to cast any like dispersions on like the interview that I did read, but it, it it felt like a lot of like, there was a certain responsibility that was being placed on you just as uh, like being black and being in a hardcore band as like, if you had a responsibility to anybody else. Yeah. I mean, if you're black and you do anything, you have a responsibility to all other black people because you're always going to be looked at as a representative of everybody else who looks like you. Yeah. Um, And it's just like, it's funny. I was ta- we were talking about this at our last practice. Actually, we talked about the, this one sketch in Chappelle's show. Actually, not even a sketch. It's just like he's. It's actually something he's talking about in stand up, and he uh-huh. says like he says something like one of his relatives was telling him that you never want to be the first black person to do something. Like you want to be like the, you want to be like the third or fourth because uh-huh. you don't because it's like you gotta take all the fucking bullets. You know what I'm saying? And it's mm-hmm. like, uh, and I just think I think about like <laughs> like Soldier Boy. And, like, that interview he did with The Breakfast Club and just, like, just, like, how hurt he was. Like, just, I, I just in, like, like, in general, like, how hard his career has been. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe this is, like, silly to say, but, like, Soldier Boy, like, everybody, first of all, everybody knows who the fuck Soldier Boy is. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> like, he was, like, like, he was definitely the number one rapper of that generation. 
Like, yeah. no one can tell me anything different. I'm sorry. Like, and so it's like with that kind of responsibility as like a standard bearer in culture of like the era of like ringtone rap and like being mm-hmm. on TRL every single fucking day and having so, so many artists copy your shit and having whole movements in the South, like musically, be derived from your shit. And it's like, you know, people still mostly regard him as a joke. Yeah. And he knows this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know, it's like at one point he's talking about, like, Snoop Dogg calling him whack. And, dude, it just, like, it just, like, it hurt me to hear him talk about this. Because mm-hmm. he, he was like, dude, I was 16. How the fuck would you feel if Snoop Dogg called you fucking whack and you're 16? Yeah. Like, like yeah, like, dude was a child. <laughs> and, and, like, mm-hmm. he's everywhere. And, and like, somebody like Snoop Dogg, who everyone looks up to and respects, like, says you're whack? Like, fuck. Same thing, and it's, like, the same thing with Lil Yachty. I don't know. I guess I'm just saying all of this to say that, like, while I haven't experienced not even, like, a percentage of... <laughs> like, I'm saying, like, a, like a fra- I've, I've, I've experienced maybe a fraction of a percent of, like, the pressure that those two dudes have experienced in terms mm-hmm. of, like, being standard bearers for black culture. It still is, like... You know, it still is just, like, a pain in the ass as a black person in general because no matter who you are or what you do, no matter how important or unimportant it is, which can always change, like, you are going to be... You are going to be seen as... <laughs> like the black version of whatever you, as of whatever you're doing right and I, I think that you know hearing that so much of this come so much of your lyrics like come from conversations that you're having and stuff like that like it is it's definitely clear to me and you've expressed this before that you are not looking to like communicate outward to a white audience and i think that that is fucking awesome because i feel like what you what you are saying in your songs is so much more direct in your like like decision to not say i'm not putting this into terms that make better sense to you this is how it is right i mean (laughs) i mean because ultimately like no one really ever did that for me, so why was like I, I it just like yeah. it, why would I do that? And I feel like in in other ways I think people still could make the criticism that are like that are, that my lyrics is still like a reaction to whiteness because just by just by doing anything especially in a predominantly white space, it's going to be a reaction like this. Like, it's not really... There's nothing really you can do about it. And it's like... I, ultimately, it's like, what am I supposed... Like, like, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, what am, like, what am I supposed to... Am I just... Like, I, it's not that's, It's not like, it's like, like that's in my control at all. Mm-hmm. So it's like... like what? And, and it's like sitting in fucking belly aching about it is not really going to do anything for me either. That there, there, there are definitely going to be people who I'm trying to reach who are never going to accept me because just of, just because of because it is that reaction. And honestly, I can't really hold that against anybody. Mm-hmm. But it also again is like not 
within my fucking control at all for so many reasons. And it's like, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like it's just as important, like to recognize, like like to recognize what my responsibilities are not, as it is to recognize what my responsibilities are. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I guess like other 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 artists who play the same kind of music as me don't have to think about that type of shit, and like that's nice for them. But it's like, that's that's part of my life, and it's just it is what it is. I don't know. What, I don't know what it's like to not experience that. So it's like, I guess like yeah, like here I am like talking about it, but it's just. I don't know. It's just life. <laughs> like I don't. I don't know anything else. <laughs> yeah, dude. I feel. I mean, fucking, just that song title. Quietly do the right thing. Yeah. Like, oh <laughs> yes, that fucking. Just don't... songs to yeet at the sun, which is out now on Secret <laughs> Voice Record. Fucking the f- the first eighteen seconds of this goddamn release pierce you got those yells and then you spit and then that fucking dun dun that beat just (laughs) i'm listening to that shit on my laptop with my headphones on just like oh walking around my living room stomping makes me miss shows a lot (laughs) me too there's been a lot of music coming out that makes me want to just like stage dive and destroy my house and it's just unfair <laughs> so it's like yeah I'm try- I'm just trying to add add more add more logs to that fire I guess uh, <laughs> yeah um like hell yes and and you got you got Jeremy putting it out Jeremy was on the show last year mm-hmm. he's a dear friend of ours yeah Jeremy's Jer- Jeremy has really has really been helping us a lot <laughs> like he's really like with like with this with this record like just like the things that we have learned about the music industry it's just it's it's just i i like <laughs> it's funny because there's there are things obviously that i'm trying not to say because uh, <laughs> you know it's like it's so, like can't 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 spoil it can't spoil season one of of twenty twenty one, but like, <laughs> but like I'm just like, I'm just like, I have spent so much time in quarantine, learning mm-hmm. learning remotely from this man, mm-hmm. <laughs> like shit that people take courses in college to learn, like <laughs> so mm-hmm. so yeah like de- like deep deep appreciation to Jeremy, yeah, um. This is a really fucking good record. I love 2K right in the middle. <laughs> you went, you, you just like went full on. And I think that that's fucking perfect. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> for, for so long, I was just like, I just, I was just asking myself, I guess, like, what, did, what, what am I going to what am I going to talk about here? And uh-huh. I just, I just felt like I, I just felt like showing a side of myself that I've never shown in, in any music that I've ever made before. And I don't really have any intentions of like showing often, but I feel like it's, you know, <laughs> for a number of reasons, very important to talk about thought shit in, in, in mm-hmm. like punk and hardcore because Punks are fucking 
except for the punks who aren't fucking punks are fucking and like we're not talking like i don't know why like <laughs> ain't nobody talking about it like it's fun it's for like there's no there's no there's no horny punk and there's <laughs> and you know not like, like there is some you know what i'm saying shout out limpress you know what i mean but it's like yep <laughs> but it's like not that much you know what i mean and it's like why <laughs> like why i ask myself these questions and then you know simultaneously it's also like just just for as much talk i feel like as as has been happening um with like sexuality amongst punks and like young people young alt people in our society in america or whatever like I feel like it's all we fucking talk about. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't know if you're on Twitter. My my, my Twitter timeline is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas is saying some crazy shit on Twitter, <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm, so I'm supposed to just not like, like this is part of my life, a very big part of my life. I look at Twitter, I use Twitter mm-hmm. every fucking day. Yeah, and I'm and I'm just gonna not talk about this very big part of of my of life in general mm-hmm. and not to mention like punks like fucking punks like fucking in public like, <laughs> like that like let's really talk about it like let's really fuck like let's like, i'm tired i'm tired of being fake i'm tired uh-huh. i'm tired of, like let's like we gotta take the veil off this shit man you know what i'm saying like and that's that's what you know i i feel like for so long People also have been <laughs> like, a, like like a little bit scared of us, to be honest with you. And it's like, it's what do you fu- mean? Like, just because like our music is hella serious, and we're all like large, dude. Oh, and, okay, yo. <laughs> and like our when I missed last probably... week, when 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 I when I saw that you were like on the chat last week, I was like, oh no. And I made a joke to my wife about it. I was like. Because, I mean, obviously we, like, settled that up really quickly, but I was, like, panicking, and then I said, it's so fucking funny, because people who make heavy music, there's just an assumption that they're just naturally, like, gonna be, like, pissed off, and I'm like, I was like, oh, no, there's no way he's going to accept a scheduling conflict happened, and he'll reschedule an interview with me. Yeah, not as a musician. Because he's in Soul Glow, who, and that band's fuck? so heavy. What kind of, like, what, a musician? Not, like, <laughs> like, having, like, being able to field a, a scheduling conflict? It's never, it's unheard of. Like, <laughs> like I don't, I, yeah, no, it's not that big of a deal at all. Like, but I also think that's funny. It is funny because it's like, people will assign that to you because it's like, what you're putting forth as like, your art and your art represents you and everything and if you have and if all your music is intense and aggressive obviously people are only gonna people are only gonna assume that there's one side to you because you didn't put any other sides of yourself into your music yeah but and so that's the other thing is like i'm realizing like like you know i'm I'm not putting my full self into our songs and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i feel like people when people get to know us in general it's like they like the like the first couple of days that people if someone's hanging out with with us as a band for like an extended amount of time, I feel like the first couple of days are always like so awkward because people feel like they need to like walk on eggshells around us and shit a lot of the time. And I've noticed that 
<laughs> and I and it's like yeah. I have my own personal uh I have my own personal uh theories about why that is um but you know there's no need to talk about it here <laughs> like but it's funny just because it's like you got to know you got to know us and oh it turns out we have senses of humor and yeah. we and like we also like we, we we're full, we, yeah we're like we're fully rounded out people like it's just like but i mean again like you know when thinking about like responsibilities as artists and shit if i want people to see me a certain way like that's fully within my control with with what i put into my art so it's like yeah like i just like i want people <laughs> to understand who we truly and fully are and it's like Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that like you know everybody needs to, you know, cut down all of their boundaries or anything like that. But it's just like, you know, like there are certain there are certain aspects of of how of of my life that people are only going to know if I tell them, and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, totally. So it's like it, it you know when and obviously it's like it's always like you know me as like an individual like it's my choice whether or not i want to share that shit or not but it's like it's like i don't know like there's there's more to life than than my reactions to politics and my reactions mm-hmm. to social conditions mm-hmm. and there's absolutely more to black life than those two things yes and like i really have no interest in making just angry music even if like like we're still gonna be a punk band and we're still gonna always be doing like hectic aggressive and busy shit but anger being put into that is a very very specific thing mm-hmm. and that's not always who we are and like we can be intensely angry we can be intensely sad which people are already acquainted with but we can also be intensely horny and intensely funny <laughs> and in- and intensely happy and intensely totally. grateful for each other intensely grateful like i mean i feel uh, i say grateful because we have i feel like we have quite a few songs that are about gratitude that mm-hmm. are that are already out <laughs> that, yeah. that i feel like people don't necessarily mm-hmm. see as such and even though it's still talking about ugly shit it's like i'd like i i don't know i the meaning like the meanings in some of in the songs is like I'm grateful for who I have around me because of what's around because of what I see around me like mm-hmm. um and it's just like I don't know that's 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 been a very important part of being in this band it's big, it's and it's it's it just gets more important with time is like showing the full breadth of my experience because also no one's going to do that for me so it's like it's mm-hmm. like it's very that is very very much my responsibility mm-hmm. um and like for people to see like just again like these different these different ways of existing that maybe that maybe pe- that people can attribute to their lives and pe- but don't have any representation of in the media that they take in yeah yeah i mean it's fucking thank you for that that's one of the one of the the better things that i've uh listened to um (laughs) but um yeah i think that i think that y'all have done 
um, a very, very good job of, and I think that this is an attribute of like a great hardcore band is, um, the presentation is always like so strong. I love the way all of your records look. I love the font. There's something just about that font that's, that communicates so much and spending so much time with your records this past several months really has just been such a like a continually expanding world of experience but also like just seeing like so many facets of like like oh shit they're reading a fucking william blake poem in the middle of this shit (laughs) like god damn this is so fucking tight. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, yeah, all of the visual art is like all, and pretty much all of our like visual design is almost exclusively Ruben. Like the majority mm-hmm. of like the majority of like our like merch is like his ideas. All the all of the art has essentially been his idea. I mean. The art for uh, the nigga and me is me is kind of like it was kind of like a collective decision after the after the picture was presented to us. But, yeah. but it was like, but it was like, but even so, like the the black and white thing that was that's like his style. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, yeah. and to be honest with you, like <laughs> I have like I don't know. I just I, there there's a lot of stuff I think that goes into what makes Ruben Ruben's like visual style what it is that nobody mm-hmm. that nobody in the band even knows like he's uh pretty private about that stuff and um like I don't know it's I feel like the, when the time comes you know we'll we'll talk about a lot of what drives him visually but in the meantime it's just it's just cool to see where where he takes shit because it's like I'll offer ideas every now and again and then he'll kind of incorporate them and and like mm-hmm. flip and like flip them a little bit and it's it's yeah it's just always interesting uh yeah he he really like yeah that shit gets into your core like real real deep yeah and what's funny is that he does a lot of it on his phone <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah it's like really bananas honestly <laughs> I fucking love it. All right. Songs to eat at the sun. Everybody check it out. This podcast has a Patreon, patreon.com slash better yet podcast. We split the revenue from our Patreon evenly every week. One part is going to go to the show. One part is going to go to Pierce. And one part is going to go to an organization chosen by Pierce. Pierce, would you mind telling everybody about beyond the bars yeah uh beyond the bars is an organization run by volunteer musicians um and basically our mission is just to serve uh underfunded underserved young musicians give them mentorship put instruments in their hands get them playing with each other give them as much real world experience as possible um get like just get just just get them playing just practice just practical application um Mm specifically we try to work um with black youth in the city and with um youth who have either been formerly incarcerated or are currently incarcerated or who have you know loved ones who are incarcerated 
um, our founder, Matt Kerr, um, really, uh, really embodies the spirit of Philadelphia, in my opinion, in terms of how, how much he has instilled in like the foundation of the organization that it's again that's really just about practical application like mm-hmm. shit with uh like music theory and learning notes and everything like we really only take that as far as is practically necessary like we're not really like into this kind of like i mean for better for better there's for no other use for no other term uh, like, because there is no other term. It's just this colonized ass way of playing music. Like, it's just about yeah. getting it yeah. in your hands, getting like trying trying to develop your tone, and mm-hmm. actually like giving like get like getting instruments that be, that can over time become yours. Yeah. Um, we have like uh, a wealth of uh, instruments that have been donated um, from various sources that we've been slowly. Uh, giving giving to our students as they like learn and grow with us. Um, currently, we have one band that has uh, they're, they're 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 still young and have only played a couple of shows. But we have one band that has begun to uh, emerge from from the group, and they themselves are beginning to 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 teach less to teach lessons within the organization itself. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, that's basically our, that's, yeah, that's basically our thing. Hell yeah. And if you subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast, um, and you pledge to the uh, $10 tier, you get an exclusive piece of uh, content each week delivered to us by our guests. And this week, Pierce and I, we had some technical difficulties getting things together. Which spurred the idea of a little bonus piece of audio where we will be discussing the responsible party for that uh, technology uh, issue that we had. And that responsible (laughs) party, of course, is Skynet. So Pierce and I are going to be talking about the Terminator for as long as we feel like it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it'll be worth it definitely uh pierce thank you so much thank for you. for doing this and thank you all for listening tell a friend subscribe and we'll be back next week thank you friends <laughs>